All right, y'all, back in studio, a successful event uh, in Loveland, Colorado, uh, with the uh, natural, I mean, inspired and foreign, all of the stuff that was happening. Got to hang out with uh, Peter McCullough, Henry Ely, uh, Ben Tapper. Um, yeah, yeah, what a crowd. What an amazing group. Uh, All-day event. And then uh, Mickey Willis, and we got to see some Q&A with him. And uh, those of you who joined us, thank you, and including a shout out to uh, Jason, our good friend who's a, a patron supporter and number of fans of the show. Believe it or not, we're, we're not as well kept a secret anymore. Apparently, people came up to me and said, hi, I know you. <laughs> That's not why I do this, by the way, but I, I, it's fun when we connect. So thank you for that. Um, we are back in studio. I am back in studio. Superdon's in studio where he's at, and we've got a lot to do on this Monday. A second hour will be simulcasting on TV. Uh, but tell your friends to come on over to robertscabell.com slash listen or wherever you're watching it. Uh, and there's a chat live chat room as well. Uh, reached out to my good buddy, Dr. James Lyonsweiler, Jack, and he said, yes, he's on the show today. He says he's going to let loose. So that means I can be the cool, calm, rational. No, wait, no, I would never want to be rational uh, guy today, but he's going to let loose. And I love that uh, because it makes it easier for me on, on a Monday. Anyway, we got that and a whole lot more. Uh, stand by, share the show, please, and uh, come on over to robertscabell.com slash listen or share that, and let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert show. Scott Bell Show. Voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, back in studio here. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on on a Monday. I think it's the 26th of June. If it's not, still long days here in the Northern Hemisphere, enjoying the sunshine. I hope you're out there getting uh, that uh, great, healthful production and sustenance of your life from the energy of the sun, which is protective, not a true cause of cancer, for instance. By the way, if anybody's still under that impression, uh, there's a lot of things that uh, from myth, myth have grown to mythological proportions in our uh, Western world and, and encompassed a belief system that I had to overcome as a young man of 24 years of age, having been raised in a pharmaceutical medical family, realizing at one point, five years prior to that 24 years of age, that I was not going to get well ultimately by poisoning myself or having doctors poison me anymore, having been grown that way, if you will, artificially or synthetically. And so my journey brought me to open my horizons, open my mind, the, the possibilities of health and healing that go beyond uh, materialistic reductionism alone in uh, charting a course for good health. And it, in, in, you know, opened me up as I began to learn about the world around me and within me to a whole other viewpoint or many other viewpoints that I would uh, consider and then put to the test in my body to get a, a, a strength and a, and, a, and, a, and a health that I didn't have growing up. Although I leaned on my youngness or youth in terms of a, a body coming onto this planet, it's young, it, it can regenerate, it can withstand a lot. But for me, the canary in the coal mine of the Generation X I had many of the ailments and illnesses that were rare before, in other words, even in my father's generation when I talked with him about his childhood, and have become more commonplace in subsequent generations from X to Y to Z and whatever is after Z. They're going back to A. 
uh, the chronic diseases of my childhood used to be considered chronic diseases of the elderly. And is it necessary that we must, because we're here on the planet a, a long time, for instance, that we necessarily degenerate and decay into a chronic state of inflammation and degeneration? Now, there's a lot of, uh, let's say, well, even, even medical shift into what they call anti-aging medicine that I've witnessed over my time uh, as I, you know, eventually at 24 found about homeopathic medicine, which uh, to a Western mind that is reductionist, it makes no sense because we're dealing in molecules that are barely there, if there, but now we can determine that they are there because technology has improved to find nanoparticles, if you will. But is that really the engine of homeopathy? It's still, is it still materialistic or is it an acknowledgement of an interface between the physical material worlds and the energetic uh, worlds? and where the metabolism of the cell actually originates. These are big questions I love asking, and I love engaging those of you who are willing to engage with me on some of these tough questions. And as I, you know, as I journeyed into my own health or lack thereof and re its recovery, the things that I utilized still to some make no sense. How is it possible that those things did anything to you? Was it just a placebo? Was it just a belief that came about that healed you? And my argument, of course, back is like, who cares on one level? The, the 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 guy that's got well almost doesn't care if it's placebo or not. The scientist in me, the intriguing aspect of life, learning about it, wants to know. Yeah, let's let's speculate. Let's find out. Can we figure this thing out? And, and can we also make peace that I'm happy whether I figure it out or whether you figure it out because I'm well or you're well. You know, so in many cases, when I talk about health and healing and helping people to get well, uh, if someone argues, well, it's not possible what you did, much less helped another to get well, I'm like, are you happy or angry that they got well without a drug? <laughs> and, and should that matter ultimately? I mean, these are just some, some questions I ask as we realize that uh, modern medicine and all of its trappings has degenerated oftentimes into a cult or a religion rather than a scientific endeavor of validation through a scientific method or methods. And, and so it's, it, it's, it's an incredible journey to witness as we see the battle back and forth between those, for instance, who claim that the COVID uh, vaccine, if you can call it that, actually prevented anything as opposed to causing almost everything. And then we have some things we're going to discuss this hour with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler from IPAC-EDU.org. Links are up in the show notes, as always, at robertscottbell.com uh, regarding um, things that Bobby Kennedy, who's running for president as a Democrat, which that's problematic a little bit. And I, and I was talking with Mickey Willis about this over the weekend when we were at the event together in Loveland, Colorado. You've got this entity, and the Republicans are not much better in a lot of ways, although you can go, all right, they're better here. But in a lot of ways, the establishment is so corrupt that it's, you know, whatever they can do to convince you to just uh, one more time. And so I kind of look beyond the establishment and try to find individuals like Bobby Kennedy of great integrity or uh, Jonathan Emord of great integrity running as a Republican for the United States Senate uh, and, and recognizing that fundamentally uh, do well, the question is, do they support our freedom? Whether it be based and rooted in what we would call and love to think science really is or what it's claimed to not be by me and others where it has devolved away from it. Kind of like the argument of uh, Bobby Kennedy talking about vaccines before COVID, and now they're accusing him of being anti-science, pseudoscientific. Not and 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 Dr. James Lyons Weiler wrote a, a nice piece on that to counter Paul Offit's response to Bobby Kennedy. So we're going to get into that as well. 
But real quick, as I, I, I just, these are things flowing through me as I was at a great weekend, wonderful weekend with all y'all. Thank you for coming out in Loveland. And there are other events around the country. I wish I could have been to all of them. There's one in Orlando on Jim Gale's farm. There was one in San Diego, a freedom rally. And uh, our, my friend Kimberly Overton was there and many others. Uh, I, I wish I could be everywhere, but I, I was there in one place and it was great. Uh, the article from the Defender by Michael Neverdakis uh, is uh, headline: "Criminal uh, Confidential EU Documents Reveal Thousands of Deaths from Pfizer BioNTech Shots." And uh, while you're not surprised by this, um, yeah, the, the question comes: Is there a possibility that these people that promoted these injections could have the proverbial "come to Jesus" moment? however you perceive that to be, where they'd actually look at the data after the fact. Maybe they were true believers at one point that this would save the world. But at, at this point, is it possible that they could then look again and go, ooh, I was wrong. Now, some have come out and said that, but the majority of those true believers, so-called proponents, and, and this is a question I was talking with Super Don about whether people like Offit or the the Gorskis of the world, a, uh, you know, AKA the what was it, what we call the um, Orac the nipple ripper, as as he was uh, determined to be as a, a breast reconstructive surgeon, you know, as after women are butchered uh, via chemo radiation and surgery for breast cancer, for instance, this Gorski guy, and he's also come out and, and did a big thing against uh, um, a lot of people who want to see some kind of discussion or debate on some of these issues with whether it be, um, well, who's the Weasley guy we've been talking about recently? Help me out here. I don't even want to remember him, but just got to acknowledge it. <laughs> you, you, you must be talking about Peter Hotez. Yeah, the sad little man. The hobbit of the science world. Yeah, is. and, and the, you know, the, we were talking about this, the question of the true believer. It's like in overwhelming, with overwhelming evidence pointing to the fact that th these injections were causative agents undeniably in some way, shape, or form, even if they don't want to acknowledge it or understand it fully, uh, where is the ability to go, oh, well, maybe I was wrong in this regard, as opposed to being such a believer in it, like they're in a cult, and they promote it no matter what evidence is thrown in their face, or they'll deny that the evidence is real, or they'll come with something else, and 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 hopefully that satisfies everybody, yet the real scientists, like, if I can call them that, Dr. James Lyons, will push back and go, hey, how did you not know this? How did you not read this? And, you know, they won't ever address that. They'll just change the uh, topic or, or just ad hominem attack you. It's and, like a really, it's like a, like a religion. Yeah. I mean, it really is, you know, it's got its own dogma and mm -hmm. um, it's just, yeah. I mean, just, yeah, there's some of them like that just, you know, there's just no way you're going to convince them. Otherwise uh, it is what it is. They've got their, their, their scriptures. Yeah, they read, you know, that, you know, all the logical fallacies and then, you know, we don't argue with cranks and yada, yada, whatever. Yeah, crank is the big word of that response that by that Gorski guy. And, yeah. and it's just crank, 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 crank. It's like, is there a scientific definition for a crank? I mean, they have their own view. They have, but yeah. The very thing that they accuse us of doing, they're doing all of the time and, and they live in a state of constant denial. They're, therefore, the argument that they make is to engage in a debate would be worthless because they won't even change their minds. like... Oh, is that right? Are you looking is, in the mirror? Is ironic. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that ironic? <laughs> so it is maddening. <laughs> and now, the thing is, is when you call them out on that, mm -hmm. then they accuse you of using their definitions right. against, you know, and then you're, that you're, you're a crank. So this is why yeah. among many reasons, I love talking to James Lyonsweiler because uh, Dr. Jack has integrity. He has a great heart. He's, he's a funny guy too. We have a great time together. And, and of course, 
never abandoning the science along the way for convenience. And for, and of course the willing to self-efface and go, if I got it wrong, I, yeah, we want, we want to be challenged because we want to know if we've interpreted it wrong, is there something we're, mi- we're missing? That's a big difference. And I think what is a real scientific endeavor, a scientist who says, look, I think I figured this out. Look at this. Come on, attack it viciously. Brian Hooker would do that with his papers. It's like, let's get the most vicious attack. Show me where the weakness is. And these people, uh, you know, don't want to be questioned. So they say you can't question the science, which is the whole basis of how do you figure this stuff out? So Dr. Jack, James Lineswater back with IPAC here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. My brother, my friend, you're going to be letting it loose today or are you going to be kind and loving? A little bit of both, because sometimes it's going to be a little tough love here for Dr. Paul Offit. And I use the word doctor very, 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 very liberally. Liberally. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, you know, you were speaking earlier, uh, Robert, about um, some people want to understand why things work and some people don't want and they have incentivized themselves not to perhaps or perhaps people just are too busy or whatever but Mm -hmm. on the whole um types of medicine homeopathy as you mentioned a big part of it you mentioned perhaps is the placebo effect maybe Mm -hmm. but what about the absence of allopathy that's a huge part of the benefit of homeopathy or naturopathy or chiropractic or Mm -hmm. You know, um, and there's something to this. Um, everyone should look into the drug story. It's a book and Medical Mussolini. These are 1940s books uh, written by a man who uh, absolutely had clear vision well before any of us were even inklings of an idea. Uh, <laughs> so the the fact is, when, when the people who made mercury into salves on the street and sold it as snake oil, oh, this will make your sores heal, this will do that, do that, the, the people would come back to them and they would say, I used your product and then this happens. Oh, well, that happens sometimes. I have something for that too. It only happens once in a while. They're telling it to everybody. They poison people with mercury and take this other thing for that. Yeah. Allopathy. Come to us with one disease. We'll give you another. Mm-hmm. That to me is what allopathy means. Okay. So I'm really glad that you found your path to healing. Uh, uh, homeopathy is a mystery to me and I don't have to know the answer because, well, at least you're not hurting yourself with allopathy, but the drug story is a great book by Morris Allison Beale. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I'm thinking about actually reading into the record. It's mm-hmm. so fascinating. The parallels uh, yeah. looking at, the people who put together a pathway to make people sick for profit. And so, yeah, this, this, this story that you brought up on the, uh, about on the defender, yeah. they knew tens of thousands of adverse events and deaths, uh, it, during a time when they were specifically saying we can't find any safety signal. It's par for the course and your audience, unless you're new to the Robert Scott Bell show knows this to the hilt. This is how they, prime their pump and make their money. So, you know, where do we go with that as an awakening society that is realizing perhaps when Dr. James Lanceweiler and Dr. Paul Offit published the results that the unvaccinated kids are far healthier and don't have to go to the doctor for these chronic illnesses um, nearly as much. 
maybe we were onto something. And Are perhaps, you talking about Paul Thomas? You and because I don't think you and Offit published something together like that. Did I say I published with Paul Offit? Yes. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's just on my mind recently. <laughs> I know. I know. We were talking yeah, about Dr. Him Paul time. Paul Thomas. Thomas yeah. Sorry, sorry, Paul Thomas. No, Paul Offit would be aghast if he learned that he did something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, here's this is not my first run in. So here, here's what happened, folks. So uh, years ago, Bobby was learning about the Marisol and in his doing his homework and doing his thorough research like he does. Mr. Kennedy did due diligence and sought out the people who were stood up to him as experts. And he managed to be on a phone call with Dr. Paul Offit. And he said, uh, okay, tell me about the MRSL, why you think it's safe? And he cited a study that showed that uh, the MRSL, the mercury from thimerosal, which is 50% mercury by weight, cleared from the blood tests very quickly. And so they took this as a measure of, oh, it's not toxic. Well, I know something about toxicity since I teach the course Environmental Toxicology at IPEC-EDU, among others. And so Mr. Kennedy then said to Paul, uh, yeah, but what about this interesting monkey study where we have rhesus macaque monkeys that were injected both with ethylmercury and methylmercury? And the argument has been that ethylmercury, which is in thimerosal, is safer than methylmercury as if, you know, let's say rubbing alcohol is less of an accelerant to your house than napalm. Hmm. It's still not desirable, right. right? That's been the argument until Burbacker. And so Burbacker actually injected um, rhesus macaque monkeys with both types of mercury. And in the metabolism, uh, you end up with organic mercury and inorganic mercury from both. And so you have to measure the fates of both and the tissue fate of interest for, for today's discussion, of course, was the brain. And they found that the methylmercury, which is the type of mercury that you find in fish, uh, had a clearance rate that they could calculate both for the inorganic and the organic parts, okay? But for thimerosal, while the inorganic part had, um, uh, sorry, while the organic part had a clearance rate, it, it, they, the inorganic part just stayed in the brain and mm -hmm. they couldn't even estimate the, the, the actual text of the paper says it it's so long that we can't even hazard a guess about how long it's going to take to clear this type of mercury this part of thimerosal derived mercury from the brain and yet and so and so uh mr kennedy asked paul off it about this and said what about it and that's when kennedy knew that paul off was misleading him mm -hmm. Because he said that, uh, you know, it's animal studies, they don't really just, they don't, I wasn't there in the conversation. You can hear Kennedy talk about it. So here's the deal. Offit has a substack now, and he's published on the substack that he claims that Mr. Kennedy is lying. Lying about ethylmercury and the risks of ethylmercury, uh, risks of thimerosal. And he says specifically, and that made a number of outlandish claims that, uh, thimerosal is not harmful. That's one of the phrases that he used. Mm -hmm. That alone, under any reasonable practice of medicine, definition of the practice of medicine, should have his license considered for revocation. I mean, 
this is not my first run in with him because he came out with a website saying aluminum is safe. Mm-hmm. Aluminum is safe because he said in aluminum's used in, in vaccines for uh, uh, adjuvant. Uh, but he says aluminum safe because it's the third most common element in the Earth's crust. And people, I'm telling you right now, where I'm going to go with this, you are going to want to share this show. And mm-hmm. someone's going to want to segment this because it's about to get really loud, okay? <laughs> I am really fed up, okay? He says aluminum safe because it's the third most common element in the Earth's crust. But then that, that's misleading because for 3.8 billion years of organic evolution on the planet, it's been combined with silica in the form of bauxite. And it wasn't until the 1850s or 60s or 1890 or something like that until we could get a chemical process to make it dirt cheap to get it out of the Earth's crust. No living system uses aluminum. It, it, it's not an, It's not like zinc. Right. We need zinc. Right. We need copper. It's not like these metals that were available. There was, there was no yeah. bioavailability of aluminum. So let's dig it up, purify it, put it in our food, uh, start injecting it into to people for reasons unknown. And then let's create the FDA and we're going to call aluminum generally regarded as safe with no safety science. And so when I, the first thing I wanted to do when I created IPAC to do research was find out why the FDA is saying that aluminum in vaccines is safe, 850 micrograms for an adult. Another doctor and I went to the entire literature, read all of the literature the FDA put up at all of their IOM meetings and everything about what, and they used forms of aluminum that you don't inject into people and they fed it to mice and they fed it to adult mice. And yet the FDA is claiming that it's safe to inject another form of aluminum unrelated to the aluminum that they fed to mice into children without any connection whatsoever between those two bodies of science. And then, Robert, what they did is they said, oh, well, it looks a little toxic, so we need to realize that aluminum goes into three compartments. So we'll split the dose into three, and then we'll divide that by 365, and oops, it's safe. (laughs) They did that. They really did that. Okay. Mm -hmm. One of the compartments was the bone. Well, how does aluminum get to the bone? It gets to the bone. It's carried on a molecule called transferrin, and transferrin is actually supposed to be in your blood available for your dietary iron to put the iron into the bone so that it will actually allow you to make red blood cells. What if we're starving infants of oxygen because they're anemic, but they have paradoxical anemia because they have plenty of iron and we measure anemia by iron, not by RBC count sometimes. Okay. And so boom, now we've got this other metabolic problem. According to Paul Offit, it's perfectly safe. If you got to go to break, just wave at me. No, we're, we're look, right. we got the long form capacity now in, in, in the new right. version of the Robert Scott Bell show. Since we don't do the our weekday show on radio, we got freedom to let her. Right, right. Let so, her so here's Offit claiming aluminum is perfectly safe, and yet the FDA is the one that taught me that transferrin is tied up with aluminum, and it's mm-hmm. cited in my uh, two, uh, 2018 study, where we where we calculated for the first time on the planet ever. We IPAC was the first ever to calculate a pediatric dose limit for aluminum. Not Paul Offit, not the FDA, and yet he blithely arm waves and he put out this this website. Aluminum is perfectly safe, he says, right? It's the third most leading, uh, sorry, it's the, it's the third uh, most abundant, right, and in, 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 in so on. He says it's been injected, there's not been any uh, human trials. Well, he's wrong. There have been human trials. Um, Priest et al. actually injected, get this, radioactive aluminum hydroxide into seven or eight, a dozen so men. And so they have clearance, actual clearance models, right? Well, we took those clearance models and we said, well, you know, uh, a, a tiny newborn baby is not a 150 pound adult. So let's 
used Clark's rule and were going to calculate a pediatric dose limit and found that on the first day of life, you get 15 times more aluminum than you would ever give to an adult in uh, under FDA guidelines. The FDA has yet to respond to our 2018 paper, but we did more. The next paper that we did at IPAC was we looked at the comparison of three vaccine schedules. Mm-hmm. And we found that these, these I think I was here and to- told you guys about this, but but we found that the kids are in whole body aluminum toxicity 75% of their days in the first uh, seven months of life. And then later on, we adjusted for the kidney function in the first two years. In a third paper, uh, and we did the same comparison again, comparing three schedules, and we found, boom, 100% of days, our kids in the United States of America are in whole body toxicity for aluminum and FDA has nothing to say about it, but Paul Offit's got this website that says it's safe. People walking by the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, if they want, if they're concerned about aluminum, they go to the website, they look it up, they're tricked into getting into the hospital based on the information on the website because it's false information on his website saying, come into the hospital, we're going to inject your child with aluminum, it's perfectly safe, and that is fraud. And I'm tired of them frying kids' brains. I'm tired of them hurting people. I'm tired of them causing autoimmunity in kids uh, and chronic illness and then denying it because they have a white coat and a stethoscope. They're the authority. So now we have a presidential candidate that's actually read all the studies on thimerosal, all of them, up until a point. I'm sure he hasn't kept up lately. Up until a point, he literally read as much. He had stacks and stacks of papers, and he wrote the book on thimerosal, Let the Science Speak. And he recounts this story, and, and Paul Offit in his substack says, well, we have to set the story, we have to set the record straight. For years, Bobby Kennedy has been telling people that I, he knew that I was lying when I was saying that, you know, it, it, it's not a good study and that we don't have to worry about the Amerisol after he pointed out the facts in Burbacker. Mm-hmm. So what does he do in 2023? Well, the question is whether or not Bobby lied about neuroinflammation. All right. Mr. Kennedy actually wrote that uh, here we have a, said that we have a problem where Burbacker did a study, found that it stayed in the brain longer, and that thimerosal causes inflammation. Now, the way that he said it, he may have attributed that finding to Burbacker, and that may have been a missed statement. Hmm. Okay. But think about who Paul Offit is. He's one of the United States' most ardent vaccine activists yeah you'll ever find it's an understatement you know and and i'm glad you're bringing this up jack because you know one of the things as i was thinking in my monologue that i wanted to get to is this is since when did conflicts of interest no longer matter when we when we assess scientific claims even published peer-reviewed published articles which they're supposed to reveal if there are any so we can assess you know the, the outcome based on that as well uh and you know we think about those like bobby kennedy who have made statements like you've referenced and to what economic gain or benefit did he get? I mean, he was basically uh, trashed in the, in the mainstream press. Many of his family members almost disowned him constantly, chronically calling him all kinds of names. And suddenly now he couldn't engage in the circles he was used to as a Kennedy, much less, you know, all the things that he had done. Uh, And we could go through all of these things, whether it's you or me or others, what do we really gain relative to what they gain in sta- stating things we argue are not accurate in terms of yeah. the, the, the very clear economic conflicts of interest, not subtle, but massive. Massive economic conflict here. So, you know, his position as the chief of all things vaccine at uh, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia 
puts him in a position where his words and the things that he say trick people to go into the hospital with their kid and accept aluminum-containing vaccines. Well, thimerosal is still in flu vaccines, and he knows this. And he knows that kids are given flu vaccines. But he, you know, he probably doesn't even look to see whether there's any synergistic toxicity between thimerosal, the, the, the mercury and thimerosal and the aluminum in other vaccines. So co-administration, I'm sure, is just fine with him. But back to the point about neuroinflammation of thimerosal, um, he made the claim that he, but that Bobby was lying. He accused presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. of lying about neuroinflammation. Now, I said it before, this is not my first run-in with him because I actually published a reading list for Dr. Offit on jameslionswiley.com. I think it was 2017. And the title of that is Paging Dr. Offit. Your aluminum toxicity readings are ready. Mm-hmm. He obviously, at the time when he was saying all these crazy things about aluminum being perfectly safe, this is the this is not that article. This is the this is the Substack. But mm-hmm. on JamesLinesWeller.com, there's a historic article that I that I wrote, and it has a huge number of of, of uh, articles showing that aluminum is toxic, neurotoxic, immunotoxic, and so on. And so Offit wrote an article on Substack. Dr. Paul Offit um, issues. So he's writing in third person. Dr. Yeah. Paul Offit issues a rebuttal to Robert F. Kennedy. Kennedy's Joe Rogan podcast saying that Marisol can cross the blood-brain barrier, but it is not harmful. Mm. Okay, so here's the deal. He also he cites the Burbacker study that I just described, where you inject it, the thimerosal gets in the brain, the, you know, the thimerosal uh, derived mercury gets in the brain, and the elemental mercury gets into the brain. And yet, the lie that he's trying to call Robert F. Kennedy Jr. out for was saying that it crosses the blood-brain barrier. How in the world did the Burbacker study mercury from thimerosal in the brain if it doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier? Please, Dr. Offit, did you read the study? Did you even read the study? Do you realize the significance? Is he capable of understanding that for Burbacker to find mercury in the brains of the, of the monkeys, it crossed the blood-brain barrier? Now you can say, well, it's just monkeys, it's just monkeys. Okay, no, it's monkeys with brains, they're primates, they're very closely related to us. But there's something else that he should know. People with autism, they have a different blood-brain barrier. It's actually impaired, right? So it could be much, much worse for them than the monkeys, right? But these are kids' brains that we're talking about, and this is where I said I'm going to be really active because Paul Offit is more concerned about being right than he is concerned about the health of kids' brains. That's a quote. Put it out there. In my opinion, Paul Offit, the vaccine activist, is more concerned about being right than he is about kids' brains, developing brains. Okay? So here's the deal. And he's totally, completely wrong and backwards on his interpretation of Burbacker as well. Because he's saying, hey, the, the study showed that elemental mercury stays in the brain longer. And he's got that exactly wrong. Go to the study and read it. Figure seven, it's right there. Score Kennedy one off at negative one. I'm a, I'm, I'm really taking it away. I'm not being nice here. Okay, I've got, I'm not trying to develop him. You're not being nice. You're being very kind. I think because I might be dropping epithets at this point uh, with the, the, you know, his lack of concern, as you said, for children. Uh, it's one thing to be wrong or more concerned about being right, but when the harm to innocent children is at play, this is the point where if you go to prison and they find out you've harmed a child. Even even people that are criminals, hardened criminals, will go, no, uh-uh, 
You know, no, uh-uh. that's right. Call. That's exactly right. So uh-huh. Burbacker actually didn't look at inflammation. They cited Vargas at all this, said, hey, look at all this inflammation that's happening. Maybe it's caused by thimerosal. But that's the technicality that Paul Offit thinks that he says Bobby is lying about. Well, I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize right here for Bobby Kennedy for having read so many thimerosal studies that he doesn't remember exactly which study found the neuroinflammation. But if you ask Paul Offit, he would say, no, thimerosal doesn't cause neuroinflammation. And so I provide with him the fact that there are tons of studies that show, and I provide just two that show neuroinflammation, okay, in rats when you inject thimerosal, and there, the, the language is very, very clear here. You, you, now, there's another one that showed inflammation of the kidney, and people pick on me for citing this one on the kidney. Why do I cite the one on the kidney? Oh, because guess what? When you inject thimerosal into rats and they get these biomarkers of inflammation, they might just be indicators of what's happening to link the Burbacker hypothesis to the inflammation that's happening in autism through thimerosal. Because if thimerosal causes inflammation of the kidneys through uh, tumor necrosis factor alpha, uh, NF-kappa B, through uh, COX-2, and of course, interleukin-6, IL-6, can't Dr. Offit connect the dots and guess what? Ask the question, do we see that kind of inflammation in autism? And the answer is yes, 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 yes. We see all those markers inflamed in the brain in kids with autism. So if the mercury is in there and it's causing brain inflammation and Paul Offit can't connect the dots, it's really frightening that he doesn't read this literature and he's in charge of vaccinations. And it's really frightening to anybody in Children's Hospital. I pity you if you're under the care of Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and you are accepting vaccines and the doctor's looking you square in the eye and saying thimerosal has been shown to be perfectly safe because it has not. And now to the mainstream press, it's going to say, oh, you know, Bobby Kennedy lied because Paul Offit. We've got the science on our side. The science isn't going away. You can lie through your teeth. You can satisfy the requirements to make sure that you get your funding from your funders. We don't care because this is not going to go away. This is not going to go away. Mr. Kennedy is not going to go away. I'm not going to go away. Robert Scott Bell's not going to go away. We know exactly the score of what's happening. And we also know that studies do exist that show specifically that thimerosal is associated with autism associated with other discrepancies in development, a couple of examples, hyperkinetic disorder, tick disorder, and specific delays in development, all available by PubMed. Dr. Paul Offit, your reading assignment is published on my substack, so go to popularrationalism.substack.com and share it, everyone, so Dr. Offit knows where to find the science that he should be reading. He's got his homework assignment, and then he can come back and have an intelligent conversation. Well, and we've linked it directly in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. July, no, where are we? June, June 26th already. I, I was almost in July, but um, that's an amazing uh, piece of, uh, let's say, homework that we hope Offit will read. We reached out to Offit during the, you know, some of the COVID crazy when he actually said, hold off on, you know, the, the jabs or some stuff here. We're like, oh my gosh, first time ever. And we said, come on the show. We know we disagree on a lot of things, but let's talk about this. You know, and he's like, I want two words. No, thanks. Boom. Nothing. He won't engage in conversations, even if you find a place where you agree with him, because the concern that there might be something that's brought up that's very uncomfortable for him. 
that he cannot counter other than to throw names at you or even throw articles that people don't read. Lay people, for instance, might, might not read, but you have and you've thrown it out for him. Here, read this. Tell us what you think. And he's probably not going to respond to it. I want to go back in history a couple of hundred years plus again to the dawn of homeopathy, the late uh, um, 1790s into the early 1800s. This is when a physician by the name of Samuel Hahnemann, Dr. Hahnemann, who was charged with, in addition to being a physician of his day, translating various medical papers into different from languages. He's very good with languages. And he began to follow, see patterns emerge that, you know, as a meticulous scientist would do. Oh, that's interesting, the connections here. And he began to see in his patients as well that the treatments that the modern medicine doctors of that time were doing were as harmful or more harmful than the diseases they were trying to treat, including, believe it or not, yes, mercury as a medicine observationally, he began to gather data from, you know, hundreds of years, much less contemporary reports of poisonings, uh, exposure to mercury. And these are the things that would manifest that resulted in what we call a materia medica in homeopathy that, you know, has each substance with all kinds of things, including official provings, which is the first uh, double blind tests that were conducted, as well as I think the concept of placebo comes out of homeopathy, not allopathic medicine. Uh, so there's a lot that you know, in an observational sense before a lot of technology and even peer-reviewed literature to the extent that we have come to maybe rely on it, maybe inappropriately to some degree, has happened. Observationally, we, we, have, we, we have known throughout history, mercury is very toxic and dangerous. Uh, my, my Very mild exposures, extraordinarily dangerous and some people deadly. Now, it could be different for each of us based on powers or abilities to metabolize and excrete you know, we've talked about deficiencies like you pointed out in some of these kids versus monkeys. You know, how are they interacting with aluminum? Is it the same? Is it not? Well, we they won't acknowledge there could be metabolic differences even. Uh, so if we look at the history of mercury, would anybody argue it's it's not toxic? No, other than someone like Offit trying to explain that a form of it is not in certain, you know, and then not backing it up, not addressing the, the breadth of the sciences you've related, not just observationally, but then to go deeper into tissue analysis and samples with scientific uh, uh, technologies we have that we didn't have 200 plus years ago. When Hahnemann was pointing out the toxicity of, for instance, mercury, and then finding a way to utilize it in a safe way, homeopathically, to even elicit sometimes uh, a cleanse, a, a mobilization of the metabolic or the metabolism of the cell to kind of remove it again, which is again, some of the discussion we should be having about how is it possible if it's possible, could we measure it as arguably there have been analyses and in, in even in the peer reviewed literature about utilizing arsenicum, homeopathic arsenic to elicit an excretion, a pathway opening of arsenic uh, elimination by a urine. Uh, it's fascinating. Again, how is this possible? Again, we don't have a definitive answer, but we see evidence that there is a relationship. But the offense of the world and others will dismiss it because it's not plausible in their mind. So the preconceived notions coming into science with that rather than an open mind seems to defeat the reason for being a scientist or am I exaggerating? Well, no, listen, 5,000 years of Chinese knowledge, accumulated medical knowledge, not a single randomized, you know, prospective clinical trial. And, uh, it works. I mean, you know, and so at least in China, one thing they have right is if you want allopathy, turn left. If you want, to, you know, traditional medicine, go right. Um, it, having now taught a course in immunology and done the deep dive in immunology, uh, you know, I can see arsenic and the types being haptogens where they 
themselves are immunogenic. And so you're basically activating an immune response to that specific metal. Aluminum itself is, can, is, is like an antigen. And so a tiny little bit will probably help the immune system learn and say, oh, yeah, this is a bad guy. Let's do something with it. The problem is there's some metals the immune system can't do anything about it because the metal kills that cell. If the macrophages grab hold of a mercury uh, molecule, it's dead. Uh, same thing with aluminum. Aluminum is a cell killer, right? Cell death means tissue damage. Tissue mm -hmm. damage means inflammation. doesn't matter where it happens. So if you get it in the brain, per Burbacker yeah. and many other studies that show that these metals do get in the brain. So don't pay attention to these one-off things. It doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier. That's not true. It's absolutely misleading, and it's a, it's a distraction. It's an yeah. utter distraction. There's plenty of science that shows that it gets past the blood-brain barrier. I don't even argue with those people that say that it doesn't. The point well, and, is... And also, these, these folks, they seem to deny that you know, ingestion versus injection, you know, it's different and significant enough that we should actually analyze the way it interacts with the body and the cells and where it goes uh, as if it's the same. Like they borrow science to say it's the same. It's, it's just like I've I'm so, as I've said many times over the years, disappointed and embarrassed for doctors and scientists who believe people like this or who spout these things. I'm like. And they're maybe maybe they have official degrees, which is why I've you know kind of joked about many times it's a degree because they lack the common sense or abandon yeah, it. But but Yokel at, at University of Kentucky has an official degree too, and he yeah. he showed quite clearly that aluminum fed goes through. You eliminate nine over ninety five percent of it. I think it's a huge amount. It's like you you only absorb 03 percent through the digestive tract. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas if you inject it, it all has to be metabolically dealt with in one way or the other. And so yeah. the dose comparisons make no sense. The no correction sense. factors mm -hmm. ginned up by the FDA to say it's safe through oral exposure, meaning that they know something about injected, doesn't make what? any sense whatsoever. So here's here's what I'd like to challenge people to do. Yeah, Get thimerosal, let the science speak, right? Get a copy of it and give it to your pediatrician or a pediatrician. Just drop it off at the office. Go in as you're, if you're gonna make up an appointment, read some magazines and leave the book on the table. Let's get 80,000 copies of Dimerosol, let the science speak into pediatrics offices. Let's the pediatrician's offices. Let's do that. Or better yet, find your local pediatrician, find the library closest to your pediatrics uh, pediatrician and buy a copy for your community and donate it to the library. This is important stuff. There's not a corollary book on, on aluminum, but you can certainly find my articles on aluminum. And, uh, you know, some really exciting news at IPAC EDU, we're creating an app for the phone. We're about halfway through creating an app for the phone so the people that are under, uh, they're being forced by the state to vaccinate their children, mm -hmm. they can calculate how many days their child is going to be in aluminum toxicity given the proposed vaccines for the next well-child visit, and they can show it to the doctor, or they can print it out. I've heard Brian, it to professor, doctor. Well, Dr. Brian Hooker talk about this as well. He's been bringing this up, and I'm looking forward to that, having that, that calculator, if you will, app be able to uh, be in use regularly to counteract. Yeah. Now, my hope and desire and prayer is that people stop going to these yahoos that promote this and, and you know find out that their children are much healthier, not encountering a physical uh, physician, a medical allopathic physician, unless, you know, an acute care uh, emergency trauma scenario yeah. occurs. And, you know, as, as my children have not had an antibiotic or a vaccine and they're healthier than I am or ever was, 
and my wife as well, who were back, we were both vaccinated far fewer than the kids today have. Although my wife got a lot cause she was military and traveled around the world and she was very much injured and still were, you know, working on things that, that are not a normal exposure vector, right. In, in terms of environment, airborne, or not other even things. close, yeah. not even close. These metals that are in the vaccines, not even close. And then, you know, we, we Given, given that we have the ability to know these things, how do you keep track of it all? Well, we keep track of it all. There's lots of resources that are out there. Mm-hmm. Andre Angle and Tony's vaccine course is now available at IPAC-EDU pay-per-view. So mm-hmm. it's on demand. You can go to ppv.ipac-edu.org and you can sign up for that. That's You can you can just watch specific, specific can they, can pictures. Can you use the, the RSB discount code too for that? Um, talk to me, talk to me about that. We haven't got the discount code for the pay-per-view up because it's a different, different system. We can't make that system talk yet, but let's talk about this. So ladies and gentlemen of the Robert Scott Bell audience, I'm happy to tell you that if you use the code, what do you want to use? Is it RSB 10? Did we, did we elect to do that? RSB 10, I'll recognize it. RSB 10. I sent something to Super Don this morning to be sure that, so we know, because it came from you originally. Yeah. Super D, me out in the here. message that you sent me, it was RSB. Just RSB. Okay, and that's yeah. fine. I that's don't mind fine. that. That works. RSB. Yeah. You you, you use the, the you use the RSB. You okay. get ten percent off of all the IPEC EDU courses, and that's on top of any other discount. Awesome. That you might enjoy. Thank you, Jack. Yes. Well, thank you, Doctor. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so any course, and and you know we have right now. It's not too late to register for the fall courses. I'm teaching this. Uh, this this course on autoimmunity. We're getting deep under the hood of autoimmunity. Um, we we yeah. U.S. use code RSB get ten percent of all these courses. Um, we have the course uh, constitutional law, uh, a boot camp in constitutional law, and we have a microbiome course this summer. So we're we're good to go. And you can sign up for any of these courses and take a percentage off and um, educate yourself and empower yourself to be able to stand up to the technocracy and the oligarchy Mm -hmm. uh, as informed as you possibly can. We just signed a world-renowned psychologist to teach a little psychology course, 15 lectures on the history of psychology Mm. uh, from from a modern perspective. And uh, he had to leave. He's leaving his institution uh, because he can't stand the wokeness of it anymore. So... That's incredible. By the way, Super Don, do you have the Thimerosal Let the Science Speak link that you can put up as well and maybe add that to the notes since uh, Dr. Jack referenced that uh, for those that are hearing it and going, oh, how do I get it? Where do I get it? Uh, And, uh, oh, there it is. Yeah. So it looks like we got an easy link there for you. And yeah, just add that to the notes if you don't mind. Uh, Dr. Jack, did you ever perceive as you were going through your education to gain a Ph.D.? Uh, that you would one day have to create your own school because of what was happening in the orthodoxy of so-called universities and their corruption or abandonment of scientific methodologies. You know, I'm, I'm so shocked that I actually left mainstream academia. Sorry about that guys. I left mainstream academia before I was vaccine risk aware. Mm -hmm. I left it because there was a major takeover of the university of Pittsburgh the chancellor who came to the University of Pittsburgh had a bioinformatics crew and he wanted to replace, he wanted to have our supercomputer and he wanted to have our shop and he pink slipped us all. Uh, it was like a Thursday. So I called all the departments I was working with to find my four people jobs uh, to try to find them jobs. Um, 
But, you know, I innocently walked into this vaccine issue by trying to, re- to write a chapter in my book, um, uh, Cures Versus Profits, simply to try. I was trying to argue that vaccines are a wonderful thing and safe and effective and save millions of lives. And I went to the science and I, f- I couldn't do it. I could not complete that assignment that I gave myself. But I had promised myself setting out on that book, if I found controversial things, I was not going to turn a blind eye. I was going to report what I found. And it was Brian Hooker who agreed to, to interview. When I, I ran into those transcripts with, with Bill Thompson and uh, YouTube videos of the, of the audio. Right. And it blew my mind. It's like the floor fell out from underneath me. My fear was for the children. If they don't do valid safety science on vaccines, then how do we know we're not creating serious problems for an entire generation of kids who happened to include two of my children who were fully vaccinated that I was never told that they were part of a long-term vaccine safety experiment. Mm-hmm. I was never, I was really pissed off. Okay. So whatever health effects those vaccines have had on my kids long-term I'm not going to get into, but the point that I don't have any any particular motivation for doing this other than my general concern for humanity. And that's what's really that's that's what really ticks me off about guys like Hotez and Offit. Well, they arm wave and they're held up like heroes of hum- humanity, saving saving these millions of lives and everything else. They're not. The, the, the efficacy of a lot of these vaccines is gone. We just before COVID, we saw entire populations of fully vaccinated people against mumps with outbreaks of mumps. We saw the measles outbreak, and 21% of the Disneyland people ended up that that got um, a measles diagnosis actually had an active measles uh, vaccine type measles infection that clinically looked just like measles. So uh, sometimes I get really uh, ticked off because why do I have to do this? I shouldn't have to do this. Well, if they were going to do vaccines, if they're going to try uh, approach to immunology, they should have done it right from the begin with. They should have not abandoned science. And the fact that and now we see with COVID full circle, you know, people that know my work know that I've been a warrior really about uh, medical freedom and bringing yeah. logic and reason. But coming full circle, FDA and CDC both denounced, we're not going to look at scientific studies when, when we get another pandemic. We're just going to approve what we need to approve to get people injected. Yeah. Wow. Well, and what does that say, once again, about these institutions? Are they authoritative, really, in, in regards to the information that they present and declare and then promote or even participate in a pseudo mandate that you know people fall for and then fall dead for? Yeah, 100%. So the fact is... Uh, totalitarianism doesn't care what section of society it comes from. Yeah, it really doesn't. It can come from anywhere. It could be school bus drivers that take over a country. I swear to you know, it's it doesn't really doesn't matter. Right. And so, what we need to do is speak to the humanity of doctors. And yeah. me shaming Paul Offit for not doing his homework on thermosol is speaking to the human in him. He mm-hmm. should be embarrassed it's it's terribly terribly frightening that somebody in his position is completely unaware of the actual studies on on thimerosal just yeah it's astonishing all right we have a question of the day coming in uh from our friend bala uh and he often will write in with uh linguistic challenges if i mispronounce somebody's name uh we love bala and appreciate him he says hi robert super don and i'll add dr jack into this one this is about the current uh, the currently raging topic of the proposed vaccine debate between RFK Jr. and Peter Hotez. As Super Don rightly pointed out, Hotez is a useful idiot. 
to the deep state in general and vaccine industry in particular. By being a UI, he is financially gaining a lot is another matter. Uh, it is probably true that the NIH asked Hotez not to debate. If Hotez is foolhardy enough to accept the challenge and the debate does take place, utter defeat for Hotez is a foregone conclusion. Many more millions will realize that these vaccines are nothing but diagnosed, I'm sorry, disguised bioweapons. No wonder NIH told Hotez not to take part in any debate. The vaccine debate will not take place, but Hotez will not miss any opportunity to appear on TV and other shows and forcefully promote all vaccines. Well, I don't have a lot to say about that, Bala. Um, Jack, uh, you can't, yeah, can't, can't disagree with that at all, but mm. here's the deal. The debate is taking place in spite of mm. his refusal to do so. It's just not happening in a formal manner with like Joe Rogan or somebody moderating. It's happening and it's going to happen. We're forcing every issue that we can and they keep giving us layups like this one. Mm -hmm. So the word went out on Twitter before I was banned to stop interacting with me because everything they said I had answers to. Right. And it was, no, stop, do, you know, don't do that. Well, here's the thing, you said it earlier, science is a destructive, constructive process, right? You propose something and you knock it down. You propose something and you knock it down. And what's left and what's what stands the test of time is reality. This position on aluminum and all of Kennedy's position, our positions, our understanding of what's wrong with vaccines will stand the test of time. There's nothing they can do about it. We have science on our side, but better and more important, we have reality on our side, right? And this is the closest I'm going to say that we have truth on our side because I'm a scientist. I don't really discuss truth. It's right. like, you know, yeah. belief. I don't discuss belief. Right. Belief in science. What does that mean? You asked that earlier. I don't know yes. what belief in science means. You're not supposed to have belief in science or trust mm -hmm. in science. You're supposed to distrust. That's the strength of science. So why would they actually show up to a tennis match if they know that they're going to get trounced? Right. Yeah. And that that is the, uh, the case where... It's fun to see that these challenges are being made constantly uh, and from more people than ever before. Uh, at the same time, yeah, to realistically expect that they're going to show up to engage in this, it's only going to be ad hominem articles uh, calling you know us liars or Bobby Kennedy a liar, et cetera, unless you push back like you've done. Here's the, here are the scientific papers. You need to answer these. Did you read them? Uh, here's your homework. And you know, I guess to some degree, the, the so-called court of public opinion uh, the sway is they've been able to control it, manipulate it, uh, but they're losing the grip on it. That's why they're increasingly desperate in doing what they're doing. Yeah, ab absolutely. Absolutely. And so to shore up our side, which is humanity, right? We want healthy people. We don't care what I don't care what your political party is. I don't mm -hmm. care, you know, whether you're Asian or black or Chinese or, you know, uh, uh, American or Mexican, European, I don't care. I want you to be healthy and I want you to take care of your kids, right? I want people with good brains. Mm -hmm. So over at IPEC-EDU, we're shoring people up. We're showing up the population by teaching the public. We're taking college level courses specifically to them. Mm -hmm. You can learn spreadsheets. You can learn biostatistics. You can learn immunology. There's just so much that we have now. Yeah. And I'm and I'm and I'm really excited to 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 tell you that uh, we're bringing on humanities too. We, we're we're bringing on courses on reading and songwriting and that part of the beauty of being a human being. Um, but before the end of the hour, I do want to talk about one study that's going on right now. If I might, I know it's a it's a. We got about a minute and nine shift. seconds left, unless I hold you over into the second hour, which is. Your I'll be really quick. We are studying aluminum toxicity across different schedules across different countries. 
we know which country has the least amount of aluminum in the, the brain's kids, the kids of their brain, the brains of their kids. And we know which country has the largest amount of aluminum. And you are going to be very helpful to us if to finish this study off. If you go to ipaknowledge.org, find the how to donate and just give a small monthly contribution. Come on over to Popular Rationalism and be a subscriber there, too. Everything helps. And uh, thank you, Robert Scott Bell, for all you do. Oh, man, it's always a great time to get together with you. And you were far too nice to the bad guys, as I assess. But, uh, you know, there, there's no reason to exaggerate. You don't need to exaggerate, honestly. You know, just if people read it, they come to that conclusion. They're going to be enraged, too. And we want to help people process beyond the enragement because we want them to be able to think clearly and critically like you help us. These do. are kids. Yeah, yeah. These, yeah. It's really simple. These are kids. Stop messing with the kids. Yeah. IPAC-EDU.org. Check it out. RobertScottBell.com. Linked up RSB for the 10% discount. Thanks, Dr. Jack. See you guys. God bless you. All right. We are now joined by our friends at Brideon.tv. As we simulcast our second hour of the Robert Scott Bell Show, we just had Dr. Jack James Lyons-Weiler on from IPAC-EDU.org. Y'all check it out. If you missed it, go back and rewind because it, it tackled uh, the uh, the the disinformation, if you call it kindly, from Paul Offit regarding what Bobby Kennedy has said about uh, mercury, aluminum, vaccines, etc. And uh, that's a very important part of what we do here on this show. And uh, we're willing to talk to people that disagree with us. They just tend not to want to show up because they get embarrassed. What can you do? So I'm glad y'all are here. Hey, uh, would you take a pill made from poo for your liver? <laughs> You can't make this stuff up. No, it's not like teenage RSB and Super D talking about poop and pee because you know how kids are. But no, it's an actual article. We're going to cover that as well as a lot of other things. If you got a question or comment, come on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen. The chat room is there. And we'll be right back because the power to heal is yours. All right, back at it here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you once again to Dr. James Lyons-Weiler for being on board. Hour one, hour two here on Brideon.tv. Please, everybody support Brideon.tv. There are links there. Uh, the Health Ranger store is available, and uh, they're doing extraordinary work getting uh, getting uh, the First Amendment uh, put right up front and center, freedom of speech. And we appreciate them so much, and uh, we join them once a week in our second hour of the broadcast here at robertscottbell.com. You can always come on over to my website and sign up for the newsletter, uh, and that's free. And that helps us to bypass the censors. You know, we are censored on a, a various a variety of uh, outlets, and uh, we're grateful for those that defend the freedom of speech. Even if you disagree with the speech that we bring to you, uh, that's, uh, you know, one of those things that's beautiful and not so beautiful for some that people get to say the opposite of what you say. And I'll defend their right to do so. So anyway, uh, we got some uh, things to talk about uh, health and healing. That's our primary focus, bringing the power to heal back to you where it belongs on the Robert Scott Bell Show and with you at home or wherever you are. And very often we've been programmed out of that belief system. And that belief system leads to what? Uh, you know, the way you live. If you don't believe you have the power to heal, you're like, well, I'm disempowered. Who's got that power? Let me just go to them and they'll give me that power. I'm not giving you that power. I'm reminding you that power is yours by virtue of your very existence and your connection to the source of all healing and wisdom, et cetera. That's your divinity. However you perceive that is how you are guided and directed to that which you really need as opposed to what doctors say you need often 
they're wrong um, and have conflicts of interest in that being wrong as well. But there are times when you may get guidance, when you're connected to the source of all healing and wisdom and your divinity, to be directed to a doctor that's allopathic. And in a life-saving intervention, they might be able to actually save your life here, the physical life that you live while you inhabit this body. So when I speak, if you want to say ill of allopathic or modern medicine, it isn't to dismiss its place altogether, like there's no place for it. There is, but the appropriate place would be when you're guided to utilize it. Sometimes it's a little more obvious than others in the Western world. If you you know have a, a, a severed limb or a broken bone and the bone's sticking out, you might need a little bit of help getting that back together. And that's where it does indeed shine and is very appropriate. But outside of that, there are a lot of other ways to go before you would ever need to resort to an allopathic medicine. Case in point, my children being raised organically, never having been vaccinated, never once having uh, had to rely on an antibiotic. Why? Because we know of other substances and energies, not our non-substances like homeopathic medicines, remedies that have circumvented even infectious manifestation in their bodies because their kids are humans and you t- you tend not to get out ever never having had an infection or what they call an infection whether you believe it's caught from external sources or, it, or it's arisen from within when the body has been corrupted due to deficiency toxicity or a special circumstance like a wound a cut a scrape but an injury of some kind and then how do you address that do you have to use chemotherapy AKA an antibiotic to destroy it. Well, I've shown in my uh, kids' lives, now 23 and almost 18, that we could circumvent the perceived need for an antibiotic by utilizing homeopathic remedies and, you know, silver. Very often, silver has been our go to. The bioactive silver hydrosol, I've been using the sovereign silver, the Argentin 23, for instance. And in fact, there's a study, I don't know if we've talked about it yet, and, I, and I'm not prepared to go into depth on it right now, but they did an analysis at the University of Florida, published as well, uh, where they utilized the silver hydrosol specifically uh, to the enhancement of an antibiotic. I, I forget the class of it, the name of it at this moment, it's not in front of me. Uh, but so there isn't an, um, an all or none scenario, it's possible you can utilize it with antibiotics that are no longer working or exhausted or working less put the silver in, suddenly it works well. And I argue then, of course, did you ever need the antibiotic? But hey, man, if you got one foot in that environment, one foot out, I'd rather have you succeed than not, even if you're still relying on a toxic poison or a chemo agent to get you through it. But if you cannot use it, are you better? You're not better off. You don't have to overcome the detriment. Now, Superdon, if you don't mind, I want to bring you into the mix here because there's a picture of you and I uh, from... I don't know, 14 years ago. And the reason I want to show you this. You saw me prepping the, the picture, yeah. there, didn't you? Yeah. And the reason I want to show this is, is and don't show it yet, but it, it's, look, I, you've heard me say how I am stronger. I am in many ways healthier than I was when I was in my 20s. Okay. Now, at the same time, I'm not pretending that there is nothing called aging happening, right? There's evidence of things that, hey, I, I this body that I'm in have been on, has been on this planet now 30 something years longer than when I was in my twenties. Okay. I can admit that and acknowledge that. And this picture can show some evidence of aging. I believe because people will say, you don't look like you're aging. I'm like, look, I want to be honest about this. I'm not here to pretend that in this body, I'm going to live forever or that anybody does. Some people are into that level of immortality. I believe in immortality of the soul, who we really are spiritually, not the physical body, which is temporal here temporarily, you know, you can drop it, pick up another one, but that's another discussion point. So when you saw this picture the other day, uh, like it really struck me. It was today. It was this morning. You shared it. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, it's the time capsule of, of, of Facebook. Uh, and many years ago, I visited you out at TRN when you were It was there. our first so, time actually seeing time each other in, in yeah. person. Early on in our relationship. And this is in Oregon, uh, outside of the well-kept grounds at the time. It doesn't at look the like time, it's yes. day, right? Uh, and I look at you, Super D, and I look at me. I'm like, dude, my hair was way browner. Where's all the gray hair? Right? And there's a little bit more of it. Although I, uh, <laughs> yeah. But there's, and, and I would say now in those ensuing 14 years, only recently did I pick up on the necessity of, of copper. I wasn't eating liver regularly over the last 14 years. You know, and when one of the, the benefits of having adequate copper in the body, you tend to keep your natural hair color and not gray easily, if at all. Uh, so there's some things that I'm learning as I'm going along the way to do even better as I am, you know, in, in a fitness shape better today than I was back then even, even though I was already well on my path to, to being healthy, you know, relative to where I was earlier in life. So what are your perspectives on what you see there, Super D? Seems like forever ago, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. You're in better shape and I'm, in, <laughs> I went the other direction. I put on a few pounds since then. But uh, uh, you know why you've done. It. I mean, there's no mystery. It's not yeah, like no, I'm not. Yeah. yeah, I'm not blaming it on anything but myself. But um, I don't know. I mean, I look at that and it's just like, wow, that was that was a while ago. Yeah, it's good, it's good memory. Yeah, it is. It, it, like it's an amazing time back then. And if you and, and and look at us, I think we're we fared better than TRN. Do you think? Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> there. I was our home I, in broadcast syndication. It's been a while. Years. I mean, it's only about. An, it's only about 80 miles away from where I'm at now, but uh, I haven't gone by and looked at it in a while. But last time I looked, it was not in good shape. It looked a lot older than we did. Yeah. It was weeds taller than me. Yeah. Even without <clears throat> the activity levels that I wish you would engage in to, you know, to be stronger and healthier, by the way, I, I want to shout out to my friends at nutritional frontiers, Jamie Dorley, the last, uh, the, the recent episode we did with him when I was a week or two ago, uh, he introduced the super creatine to me. We talked about creatine and you knew about it because you, you did some bodybuilding back in the day. I've certainly lifted weights in the day. I was never a bodybuilder. You know, I did athletic stuff. And even today I don't bodybuild. I do a lot more uh, high intensity type training with kickboxing and things, uh, and a little bit of weights, but not intense, but I just started the super creatine that he get because it answered all of my concerns about using creatine as we talked metabolically, the reasons why I never would. And he's like, no, no, we did this now. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm in, I'm going to try it out. I'm not kidding. Within a couple of days, I could already notice difference in terms of uh, muscle development, uh, the weight that I've been trying to put on in terms of muscle weight without having to even be a bodybuilder. It's incredible. Uh, I've already, I think, put on at least a couple of pounds of muscle in about two weeks mm -hmm. doing the That's same good. thing. I didn't really change a lot. Uh, and and there's no, I haven't found any detriment in terms of there's no dysfunction that I'm noticing or any adverse or reverse reactions to it. So if you guys have been reluctant, like I was to use this creatine for muscle building, um, this super creatine advanced anabolic activator, uh, by nutritional frontiers, you can get 15% off with the code RSB 15 when you go to nutritionalfrontiers.com. Uh, so I just wanted to give you that update. Uh, and, uh, I, I think I retained some water over the weekend. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> I well, had the creatine does that. Does it? Okay. It does okay. that. It, and not, not in a bad way, but it, it drives, yeah. it drives the, the, the water into the muscle the muscle. Okay. And so you have a much bigger, fuller, uh, feeling and a look. Yeah. I noticed yeah. that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Different. Yeah. So, 
I, I am hitting levels that I didn't think I could get to. And, and again, oh, this is without intense bodybuilding. So now speak. here, here's here's the other thing that could help you. You see, want to see what I got in the mail today? What'd we talked about this last week, dude. I got the carnivore bars. Oh, I haven't mail. gotten that yet. Yeah, yeah. I have not even tried this yet because I got it. I just eaten. Yes. No, no, you uh, don't wait till you're really hungry. And yeah, no, I'm, I probably, food. probably when the show's over, maybe at the end of yeah. the show, but this thing is like, it's, it's grass fed, grass finished beef. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, yeah. it's got the Redmond real salt in it. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, uh, it's like a protein and fat missile that yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, uh, and they have got, it comes in like, this is zesty garlic mm -hmm. and there's honey barbecue and honey salted yeah so uh i'll be and, and, and i've and i've warned today. everybody about this product because it's awesome and it's like well why are you warning us about it then if it's so awesome well i'm just saying if you have a palate like the typical american that loves sugar it's even though there's there's you know they put a hint of like honey in, in some of them it's not going to be sweet like you're going to have to add something to it if that's the Dude, case it's meat yeah it's a yeah. meat bar this is yeah. literally what it is it's beef but it's got a different mouthfeel because of the yeah. rendered, the tallow as well. But when we look at what sustains us, and you think about uh, food storage capacity, drying it out. We, we had them on, uh, was it last week? This is a great family doing really good work. And I hope that you'll support them. Uh, and, you know, if you want some level of food storage or an ability to travel and you're not having access to good, clean food. This I is high quality. This yeah, is high quality helpful. and it's, it's uh, uh, good calories. Yeah, and what and we have a discount code for you as well if you go there. We do, yeah. If you go over to the website, uh, mm -hmm. it's up in the upper right hand corner, and it's uh, let's see, what is it? It is uh, RSB ten. RSB ten, ten percent off. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. So the carnivore bar is available to you here, and thanks to them, they have said Robert Scott Bell Show uh, li listeners, viewers can get a discount there. So I feel good about the good companies, the good people are doing it right. And if you want more detail, go back last week, go to the archives on Rumble or at robertscottbell.com slash listen. Yep. And you can watch it uh, at your own convenience. At your own convenience. So um, there's an article uh, here in the opening of, of our two I wanted to get to, and you guys can check it out at robertscottbell.com. It's Reuters article. It says, special report, a son died, his parents tried to sue, and then it's how the U.S. courts protect big pharma. Now, this is... It, it really only if you're new to the Robert Scott Bell show, would this be at all shocking or surprising to you? You know, it's got a picture of Merck, you know, one of the big vaccine makers, although they weren't one of the big players in regards to COVID stuff, but they've been at it for a long time and fined billions of dollars as many of these companies have. Um, and this is about, um, uh, let's see this kid, a healthy 22 year old from Virginia, Nicholas England shot himself in the head in 2017, less than two weeks after he started taking an allergy medicine that had been linked for years to episodes of depression, suicidal thinking. Now, the reason I, you know, I bring up the, uh, um, you know, the vaccine thing is because it's very overtly converted away from liability. There is a, a, a genuine overt protection that is, I said genuine, it's unconstitutional, I believe, uh, that was granted the makers of the vaccines uh, should their, their products injure or kill based on the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. But now this is about a drug. And you're going to see they, they don't have technically liability protection, but uh, as the article continues, the parents soon started exploring a lawsuit against Merck uh, because of, you know, this drug, this allergy medicine that drove him to suicide, apparently, and uh, had no history of, of, of mental health problems. 
And then the legal advisor said they had no case. They had no case. And and so what is this uh, argument? Because they haven't been officially granted no liability when it comes to drugs, but corporate America's most effective liability shield beyond the uh, National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program is called the Legal Doctrine of Preemption. The principle that federal law supersedes state law. This is where we go. Um, the, the supremacy clause, this is the misunderstanding of what they call the supremacy clause, is that only laws made in pursuance with the Constitution are supreme. That which the federal, the Constitution doesn't provide for the federal government a power that it doesn't have, and you make a law that it's not in, in a force or in effect, except that the federal government would like you to believe it. The federal courts often defend that. Very rarely do they get it right, and occasionally they do, you know, but if we're relying on the Supreme Court to get it right, again, you're asking the government to curtail its own powers. And I'm not saying it never happens, but it's not a good strategy, really a winning strategy long-term. So the uh, um, Supreme Court rulings on preemption back in the 1990s, uh, the companies increasingly argue that federal regulated products or services should be immune from lawsuits, alleging state law violations. Um, it's a new reading of an old constitutional principles. Judges have held that federal law, including the decisions of U.S. regulatory agencies, should preempt or override state statutes that seek to hold companies accountable for harming consumers. So, you know, the federal government is basically being uh, taking powers upon itself to give special liability protection to those that have been generous in their gifts to those who are in government or the regulatory bodies or state, even maybe to some degree the uh, judicial branch, perhaps. So the, you can't sue, even though there's not a national vaccine injury compensation program uh, for drugs, but they say, hey, the FDA approves it, and regulates it, so it's safe and effective, so you can't sue. Isn't that absurd? Isn't that insane that we have a system like that? That you take a drug and it creates such a horrible scenario and then the courts side with the, the drug maker saying the federal government that regulates it really says, yeah, you know, they say the FDA says it's safe and effective. So that preempts the ability to even sue on a basis of a, a, a you know, a tort claim or a claim that you've been injured or a family member has been killed. So they don't even need the NVICP if they're already applying it to drugs. So the question is, will this preemption scenario play out forever? Or will we overcome it? Will the drug companies one day be held accountable for the toxic poisons they put on the market if you can't hold to account the Fear and Death Administration officials that rubber stamp these things often and then say, we'll figure it out in post-market evaluation? Maybe. Maybe this, this stuff will come back and we'll put a black box warning on it or in the case of via, no, uh, Bextra or uh, the classic case of... Um, what was the one that killed everybody? It was a, a COX-2 inhibiting drug. Viox? Viox, thank you. I was thinking yeah. the V word, yeah. Viox. And then they Not went, Viagra, oh, oh, Viox. Yeah, yeah. Viagra was discovered as a side effect to another version <laughs> of that drug. So, Dude, uh, this is a crazy story. Yeah. You know, it, it, every once in a while, we'll come across something like this where you think you've seen it all. Yeah. And here you've got this, you know, here's this, this couple that their son killed himself. Yeah. Uh, and it's, oh, sorry. No, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I guess it's, you don't have sucks. a remedy. It yeah. sucks to be you. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And you know, you're asking, you ask a question, will they, will they get away with this forever? Well, they will until they don't. Yeah. And what would it take for them not to get away with it anymore? Yeah. 
what's what's the answer to the the well i think that you know having someone like jonathan emore in the u.s senate would be a start it wouldn't be the end of it but it would certainly be a, a distinction because he knows you know that where federal supremacy is limited in terms of what the constitution prescribes and then it would fall back once again to the states as it should in this case yep. if there's a tort if there's an action if there's a violation of somebody's right to life liberty or property if there's a fraud if there's a deception you don't get to hide behind federal supremacy clause you know if you're a drug company because you basically own and control the regulatory bodies and maybe you know through judicial deference to the regulatory bodies you end up prohibiting people from getting remedy when they are injured or killed uh by these these fda approved pharmaceuticals yeah well this is wrong i mean is this, yeah. this is flat out wrong yeah that 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 this kind of thing can happen to somebody like this um and so yeah having somebody in government that can can take this stuff on that's important but i think probably as we've seen uh over the last three years and for a long time you know it it takes uh people talking about it mm -hmm. you know people need to share this stuff you need to share this on your facebook you need to share the the link to this video uh to, you know to this broadcast uh you know folks like the great the great authors and and uh, uh writers over at natural news they will post articles about this stuff. People need to know that this is going on and people need to get outraged. They need to, to be angry about this because when enough people get angry about something and they talk about it, uh, then that's when people start noticing. Because I, I never, I just happened to come across this this morning. Otherwise, I would have totally missed this. They're not talking about this on Fox or, or no, 2020 I mean, or Nightline or any of that stuff, you know? Just on a human interest story, the caring, oh, absolutely. caring compassion for someone like this. And you go, wait a second. You mean they can't actually sue Merck for giving a drug that ended up, you know, creating such a scenario? Oh, no. But there is not. That, that's the thing that's unusual or different about this as I open with talking about the vaccine shield, the law that shields the vaccine maker. They don't have a, officially a law like that for drugs. And yet they're they're finding a way to maneuver without even a, an act of Congress signed by the president, which, again, one of the worst things, if not the worst thing Reagan did was sign this into law. He had reservations about it, but he still did it because he was under the impression, as many Americans were at the time, far fewer now, relatively speaking, because of what happened in COVID, but we're under the impression that if we don't have vaccines, we're all going to die. The end of the world is nigh. And, you know, Reagan fell for that in the 20th century, as did the vast majority of Americans very small percentage said, no, no, this is the wrong track. This is the wrong course. And they were, of course, so few and far in between that they could be relegated uh, to, you know, as we call it quack status, right? Or called cranks or woo-woo people by the, uh, the skeptics that used to have a lot more influence over uh, thought. Now it's, it's not, they're not succeeding the way they did before. You know, the Gorski article, I, I read it. It's like crank, 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 or crank, crank, or crank, crank. I'm like, this is not a, a good article. It's like saying the same thing over again without saying really anything other than don't listen to them. They're lying to you, but not really providing. It's dismissal, uh, right? You know, just dismissal. Yeah. Crank. Yeah. Okay. You know, we don't need to pay attention to them. We can just tell them to go away, to not succeed. pay attention to them. That used to succeed. Yeah. And and it's not the same way anymore. And uh, the capital having, S skeptics are a dying breed. And I think they're, they're kind of, they, they, they know that good riddance to them. Yeah. Yes, they know it. And yeah. they're, they're panicking over it. Mm -hmm. Now, the what would preclude something like this happening, even if things aren't changing, is if this family knew that there were other ways to address their son's allergies. 
Think about this. This was an allergy medicine that led a young man. It was the generic version of Singulair. Yeah. That he was taking. And and so I recognize allergies can be miserable. Absolutely miserable. I grew up with them. I was the poster boy for allergies. And yeah, I resorted to over-the-counter and prescription medications in my young years. Nasal sprays and inhalers and, and, and pills and things. And not knowing until I learned later that allergies are the result primarily of leaky gut, prolonged leaky gut or inflammation of the gut, creating hyperimmune responses as proteins seep through the epithelial barrier. Oh, we got to take a break. All right, stand by. We'll get back to that. And then poo pills. We'll talk poo pills as well. After this on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Okay, it's break time for those uh, watching on brighteon.tv. They're in commercial break. We continue on on our network. And I thank you for being here. The Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network, including yes. Leslie and her stay-at-home mom. Uh, and we also have Ula and Mark with the Preacher and the Polish Girl. Although it's been a while. Have they got a new one up yet in a while? No, well, it's, it's, been a, it's been a minute since mm-hmm. they've uh, done it. They, they were... I think they had like family to come. Yeah, in from that's right. I, and I think Ula is planning to be, if I saw uh, at the RSB family union coming up July 14th through 16th, and that's uh, coming up in near Joplin, Missouri. We're getting ready to be there for everybody who would like to join us. I think we'll have Dr. Ben Tapper, Taryn Gregson will be there. Um, let's see. Uh, Sherry Neal will be there. There's so many cool people that are going to be unioning uh, together. So I hope you consider that. Right after that, I'll be in Columbus, Ohio for the weekend. And, uh, you know, upcoming events tab at robertscabell.com is where you can see all of that. So, uh, but yeah, the the ability to manage uh, symptoms a little bit safer, like with homeopathic remedies, for instance. Now, I'm not saying that it's 100% going to work for everybody. No, that's not what I said, but the, the correction is deeper than just symptom management. And sometimes I understand the reason why people want to grab a drug because they're miserable. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not mad at you. If that's the case. I've been there. Um, intranasal use of the silver, right? They got the silver sinus spray. Spray that in the nose, help, helping it out a little bit more. But finding out, for instance, what causes the trigger is one thing, but eliminating the trigger or the, the reason it's happening is not just the exposure. It's like, why is your immune system reacting in that way or overreacting? And that's a different viewpoint than here, I'll take this drug and manage it. And hopefully it won't cause me to commit suicide, which is a big risk to address even the, the misery of allergies. I don't know if, if they knew going in or if this kid knew going in, was he so miserable that he would risk dying to take an allergy medicine? I know that when I grew up on the allergy medicines I did, they had to reformulate one of them. I don't remember the ingredients. It's been so many years since we did that. They pulled it off the market, reformulated because some people were in fact dying taking allergy medicines back in the day when I was a kid taking these allergy medicines. I feel fortunate to be alive. And we're back. back. Welcome back, everybody. We continue talking behind the scenes here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. You can come to Robert Scott Bell. <laughs> you have no idea what you missed. You just don't know. I tell you. But uh, we um, real quick before we that. get back to the topic we were talking about, um, yeah. I just noticed that Bill Maher is trending on Twitter. He, he, uh, he had Bobby Art, Kennedy on. He had Bobby Kennedy on on his uh, his podcast thing that he does uh, in addition to the regular show that he does on HBO, mm-hmm. where he, where where they sit in the in the lounge chairs and and smoke cigars and drink whiskey, you know, type thing. Um, and so that's, that's trending on Twitter right now. Was that a a video or just an audio thing? It's a video. 
No, I haven't seen yeah. it. Was Bobby Kennedy smoking cigars? No, I don't think he was. I think yeah. he just had a cup with probably some coffee or right, something. Right, right, because he's got a history of addiction. Bill Maher was the one that had the cigar and the Usually they're smoking the, weed with Bill Maher. And or stuff. that, or that yeah. too. Yeah, that yeah. happens as well. So I um, didn't see it yet. Was there anything that, that jumped out at you? You, you know, I didn't get a up? chance really to watch it. Uh, yeah. I just noticed it. Uh, apparently Christine said mm. the interview was great uh, and that it's on YouTube. Okay. So, yeah, I have to check yeah, that out. Maybe we'll grab like some clips. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, back to the allergy thing uh, yeah, we were talking about. Uh, it's like trying to say, are we going to wait for the Supreme Court to get it right? Are we going to wait for the federal government to get it right? Are we going to wait for the states to finally push back on federal supremacy where it doesn't, it's not appropriate, not constitutional? Or do we look at the allergy itself and say there's another way to address this that doesn't result in suicide, that doesn't result in further damage to the body, liver, et cetera? And, and that's what I would argue would be your primary re, you know, resource or, or, or starting point instead of the end point that if you can get there before suicide, oh my gosh, we found something, thankfully, but it's the last resort instead of the first, second, or third, and making modern medicine, which could risk death, the last resort when nothing else works. And we've got it so backwards still, Super D, as a, as a culture in the West, that these stories will continue to happen whether they're in Canada, United States, England, wherever modern medicine is the state-sanctioned religion. Uh, these deaths, third leading cause of death, second or first, depending on the way you look at the numbers, uh, this is a, you know, a real, real issue. I was able to overcome my allergies. I'm not saying everybody could and should do it the same way I would. I would say it worked for me, and I was a pretty severe case. So heal the gut, heal the liver. And that leads us to the question of the liver, because there's an article here you found they call these crapsules instead of capsules. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, that's the that's the main reason why uh, this made it into the uh, show today. So you didn't want me to take this seriously? You wanted me to make I, it? I, I could not turn down a, uh, a a drug called crapsules. I mean, it just, I can't. <laughs> I just had well, to. Had to talk about it, look, man. That's the teenager in both of us that we it would is. have fun but with the topic. But we, we touched on this just not too terribly long ago. When when the, the the story first came out, yeah, about how they came out with these uh, the, this alternative to a fecal transplant, mm -hmm. uh, and I think you and I really had we had kind of a it was well, I'd say it was a lengthy uh, debate. Did we about whether uh, you you or I would be willing to take poop in a capsule? <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Uh, as an alternative to, of course, now what you said was hmm. that there are other ways to do this than yes. popping a, a, a crapsule into yeah. your mouth. Um, I personally, if it's in a capsule, I mean, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, it's not like, you know, you're, well, anyway. All right, let's uh, be clinical about this and not purient, if I can okay. say it that way. All right, okay. A clinical trial testing the effectiveness of fecal transplants for patients suffering from advanced liver disease is being launched in the UK. So shout out to you in the UK taking crapule pills. <laughs> uh, the trial will test what some would say your, your food is that way already. Oh, I know. I'm insulting. I'm just joking. Lighten up. Have fun. It's Monty Python. The trial will test whether feces from healthy people, which are freeze-dried into capsules that can be ingested, reduces the likelihood of patients with cirrhosis from getting infections. Okay, if that's your goal, Super D, you've been with me for a long time. I bet you know that we have a number of ways to prevent infections for people with cirrhosis that don't involve taking crap pills. 
Okay. Of any kind. You know, here's what I th- here. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, there's there's things you could do. No, um, many, but but here it's interesting because what they're determining or confirming is what we know. When you have a healthier microbiome, and the argument is, if we take you know basically the microbiome, the microbiological species, freeze dry them and bring them into the guts of somebody else, we might impact them positively. And they're seeing evidence that it is positive. What does that mean? It means your immune system is indeed primarily sourced in the gut with the microbiome. And so enhancing the health of the gut is enhancing the, the immune response. Right. And da, da, right. da, da, da. Which you could do with the crapsules, right? Yeah. And and it's natural. I mean, you can't get much more natural than that, right? <laughs> yeah, I get it. depends on what they're eating, <laughs> but yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, 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 so what they're trying to do is boost the immune systems of people who are liver patients. Correct. Yeah. But we can do that without this. Which I think is cool because, yeah. you know, what they're acknowledging in, in the article is that, you know, uh, you know, the liver is connected to the gut, right? You know, sure. a healthy gut is necessary in order to heal the liver. So, Well, that's why gastroenterology encompasses the liver and the gut, right? It's all connected. That's what they say. So, I mean, the way I look at it is I, I don't see a problem with this other than the psychological part of this, okay? Um, is, it, is it better or worse than drinking your own urine? It, that, oh, it's, sorry, that's, yeah. that's apples and oranges. Okay. Okay, and apple juice, Okay, which it looks like. Um, but I mean, seriously though, yeah. you know, I, I, I remember back to our late, uh, great friend, uh, Chris Barr, mm-hmm. uh, when you were trying to continue to give me a hard time about coffee enemas and mm-hmm. he came to my rescue Yes, and he said, listen, just as good as a coffee enema, you can use can jest. Right. Okay. Right. And so there are options That's right now for that those is- people like. Unlike you, uh-huh. that uh, would would you know think that taking crapsules. Mm-hmm. I just love saying that word. Thank I'm you. I'm not for, a big fan. I'm going to say it as much as I can. Personally, uh, look, you get if you want probiotics, you can get probiotics. But I think there are, the look, there are some people that would say, you know, why would you be averse to taking a crapsule, mm-hmm. which is sanitary, yeah. sterile in a capsule, but you have no problem with doing the other thing up the butt. You know, it's like, I mean, come on. Coffee? Coffee. Anybody? Yeah. Well, you know what I meant, I yes, guess, I for the benefit of those who didn't know what I was talking right. about. Coffee that sounded enemas. really bad. I'm sorry. That did sound bad. Uh, <laughs> bad, bad. Now that I think good. about it, I'm very embarrassed. Sorry for saying that. Uh, but what I'm, for, for those of <laughs> you. people are snickering like, like beyond belief right now. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Coffee enemas, you know. Uh, some people just, that, you know, that's yeah. just not so, something they're going to do. So. so let's visit the Chris Barr technique here because yeah. I, I, I agree. Uh, in, in, you know, if you want to heal the liver, which they're not talking about healing liver, what they're talking about is enhancing the immune system because the liver patients have a weakened immune system. Therefore, they're subs- susceptible to infection. And I'm so assuming that these people, they probably tried maybe some other just like conventional things that maybe weren't working. So this is not their first line of defense. This might be the thing that they go to when they've tried sure. other things and they haven't worked. Yeah, and and to your credit and point, you're pointing out that the medical community is proffering a solution that is not technically a drug, a synthetic, you know, patented kind of thing. And, and yeah, okay. So it is, I agree. Enhanced. It's better. Fecal matter is definitely natural. Super dumb. I wouldn't ingest it. Thank you, Jonathan Wagner. <laughs> Jonathan's paying attention there. By the way, Jonathan is where you can get the can jest. The can jest. That's right. right. Which will help to heal the liver. <laughs> which would preclude the having to do the crapsules to protect you from infection when you have liver disease, for instance. 
Now, if you have an infection, of course, we talk about many things that can address infection, including silver, uh, other immunomodulators, echinacea, uh, and, uh, you know, general, if you want probiotics, but healing the gut is healing the liver as well and healing the immune system. The See, home for the microbiome. And look, I, I, can pr- I totally appreciate what Jonathan's saying there. Because mm-hmm. when when we got into the and it was very controversial and we actually got some so it kind of offended maybe some people when we were mm-hmm. talking somebody brought up the urine therapy thing right yeah. and I said the same thing Jonathan said right there just like no no but you know what I mean it's yeah. like it, if it was in a capsule see now that, I guess yeah. that's where I'm drawing the line you know it's like sure. it, it's like wearing a glove yeah and picking up stuff off the ground that's gross. Mm-hmm. You got the glove on, yeah. And even though you're reaching down and you're and you're picking it up, you know you're protected by the glove, and so mm. it's not as bad than if you did mm. it with your bare hand. Yeah. Now, if you took the 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 the, the, the I guess I guess I'll call I, it what it is. It's fecal matter. Yeah. But if it's in a capsule, it's like you're wearing the glove. Well, it's freeze dried as well, and and I don't. know. And once it gets into yeah. your intestines, it's down there with your own stuff right. that's in there that you. And it's, it's already there, out, right? Apparently having a benefit. Okay, I'm not going to dispute that. I'm just saying, just like Chris said about All the right. whole coffee enema thing, use the can jest. And selenium, by the way, innate response selenium, which you can get from Jonathan as well, and uh, various different herbs and homeopathics. Remember, the basis for clinical homeopathy, the drainage therapy out of the French approach or French school is what? Liver drainage support. The various homeopathic remedies that I've, I've talked about and taught about for years, you can do the lecture on demand from trinityschool.org and uh, the Clinical Homeopathy 101 Plus. And there's a link always in the show notes. You can just click through on that. It's a one-hour lecture, and you'll be he- head over heels, uh, let's say, happy that you have easy access to do some other things that might preclude taking somebody else's crap in a crap soul <laughs> to get uh, benefit from the immune system. Thank you to folks over on Facebook commenting. We've got some people watching on Rumble. You guys should chime in. What yeah, do you think the about this? crowds not being grossed out What's, enough yet, I think. What do you think about this? Would you take the crapsule? Yeah. Would that be a, an issue for you? And you know what? I'm going to say right now, mm-hmm. Mike Adams over at Brighteon and the mm-hmm. folks over at Brighteon, you guys ought to put a chat room up. Because I'm watching the, the feed right now, and yeah. I, that would be really cool. Yeah. If there was a, a chat room that was built into that, there where people could chime in and they could interact yeah. and stuff with the different shows when they came on and stuff like that. Something, something mm-hmm. to think about. Yeah. So you can get some of the things we're talking about from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. When you go there, use the code RSB5 when you check out to get the discount on the various different things. It'll help your immune system so you don't have to take crapsules. Just saying. I'm just saying. I got no problem uh, with that. By the way, did I tell you about the guy? um, My my daughter's in that play, Cries of Freedom. It's a, a patriotic play, history and all that freedom to America and in America, and that's going to be nine nine shows over the course around the July 4th holiday. And I was talking with the guy, and he's like, yo, I remember you. It's like the family that hosts it. They have this big house where they rehearse in the back. It's near the theater where it happens every year. And he knows now that I'm a holistic guy, health guy at my show, and he's like, hey, can I tell you something? You're in therapy. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's like, and you said no. I'm not. I'm not in therapy. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's not what he said. No, <laughs> but it's like, do you know about it? I'm like, oh yeah, I know about it. It's like we've grossed out many people talking about it. And, and some yeah. man, some of the people that are into that, they are really into it. I no, mean, and he, like, he, he was one of these guys. He's like, dude, yeah. I use it everywhere. He says, I put it in my hair. My hair started going back to the regular color. I'm like, <laughs> On and on, he's doing that. I'm like, dude, I can no, 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 that. no, no. I can believe that. I'm not arguing with you. But then again, 
uh, like I said, everybody to each his own. I would tend to go homeopathic because I think you can get the benefits without actually having to ingest your own urine, but again, you can convert it into a homeopathic form as well and get some benefit there. But there are people that you do utilize it. My aunt, I've said this, she's in her nineties and she's been using it for decades. So it's not deadly. If whatever you think it is, it's not deadly. Uh, and it's helped some people. And I'll leave it at that because, you know, I forget who it was that says, when you guys talk about it, I'm embarrassed. I can't tell anybody about your show because if they tune yeah. in to hear you talking about it, then I'm going to be, my name's going to be mud, right? Basically. But we have to be able to talk about this stuff uh, when it comes up. Uh, it's an important part of what we do. We're not willing to shy away from things just because they're kind of gross and stuff. All right. What else we got here? Uh, Bobby Kennedy story. Dude, did you, did you see this over the weekend? No, I didn't. Well, I did see images of Bobby Kennedy. Man, he's ripped. You want to talk about a guy? You know what? Ripped? I first noticed this. I think I yeah. we mentioned I mentioned this on the show when I first noticed yeah. because it was I think it was back when he was he was doing this this contest where you could win uh, hanging out with him for you know like a day doing falconry style falconry, like that. Yeah. I think I can't remember. Yeah. It, there was a but there was a picture of him and he yeah. was wearing a t shirt. Yeah, and I was looking. I was like. This dude's yeah. kind of jacked, man. I mean, I'm, I was like, I'd never seen yeah. that before. Well, and, each time uh, I've met Bobby in person, shake his hand or stand next to him, I'm like, dude, is he's is, not a slouch. Is, no, no, yeah. he is definitely in shape. He's definitely ripped and uh, cut and everything. But now the pictures are coming out, videos coming mm. out of him doing push-ups and, and bodybuilding, weightlifting. He's 69 years old, dude. This guy is, you know, the epitome of health and whether you like or hate Trump, Trump's not in this kind of shape. <laughs> Look at this. Yeah. At the uh, old gym in Venice. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like muscle, muscle beach, you know, so what, I, is I, the, what is the beef that Tapper has with him? What's the claim that Tapper, Jake Tapper? Well, like, that's a whole different story. Cause apparently from what I understand, there was a, um, years ago, back in 2005, mm. uh, Jake Tapper, um and him had an interaction and about doing some kind of like documentary about uh, uh vaccines and mm -hmm. mercury and and uh RFK Jr said that something happened and Jake Tapper says no that didn't happen so there's this that it's whatever i think it's just a distraction really mm -hmm. um of course why do you pay attention to that when you can watch uh, uh RFK Jr look at this look at the bench press on this here yeah. this is just a, a preview a little bit of an incline. Well, right? yeah, okay. I'm not going to play the whole video, yeah. but in any case, but I'll tell you, you know, you want you want to know what it was that I saw the first uh, clued me into this this article here. What's that? I saw a meme. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so if you're not watching, you don't see this. It's a meme <laughs> of um, uh, what, what's his name, Hotez. Yes, looking like a, a you know a, a what did you call him earlier? A kind of a hobbit. A, a hobbit, yeah. hobbit like creature. Doesn't look all yeah. that hell. A little pasty. And, Science Hobbit. Uh, he's the health expert. And then you got a picture of ripped RFK Jr. at 69 years yeah. of age. He's the conspiracy theorist. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah Jake, yeah, as I see the Jake Tapper stuff, uh, Tapper saying Kennedy spreads dangerous misinformation about childhood vaccines. He was so dishonest in that experience. And then since then lies about the experience. Free. So, you know, you can't rely on Tapper because Tapper is lying about what's misinformation. He's a mouthpiece. So the, the credibility of Jake Tapper is null and void at the, the start. Yeah, that's true. Or the integrity of Bobby Kennedy has been proven to be, uh, you know, beyond uh, the shadow of a doubt. Now, in this article, you can see there's a question, should, should President Joe Biden debate Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? 
And you'll see among the Republicans, 92.8% say yes. Among those with no party affiliation, 80% say yes. Among Democrats, only 57.5%. Another 31. Uh, well, you say only. But to me, I look at that and I go, that's more than half. Well, that is true. All right. You always that look is at, significant. You always the right life kind of guy. I'm like. Well, I know, but I mean, this is significant. When you've got more than half the Democrats going, yeah, you should debate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. What does but that tell you? What is 31 or 32% of the Democrats going, no, they shouldn't debate, Mike? Well, those are all the true believers. Those yeah. are good. Those are a vote for Joe Biden, no matter what, yeah. Democrats. Mm. I think they're probably concerned that if he, if he did debate uh, RFK Jr., uh, it would not look good for him. No, it wouldn't. Oh, it would be a disaster. So I look at this and I go, wow, mm -hmm. that's pretty impressive. That, that yeah. That's not good news for Joe Biden. Yep. Yep. Hmm. All right. Can we do a quick uh, shout out to uh, Bobbery and uh, Folium PX? Have you got the link to that? Um, it, it, Folium products include the, fo the original Folium and then the Folium Immuno and the Folium Relax. Um, these are very powerful botanicals that are combined in a unique way to become one of the most powerful antioxidants on planet Earth, counteracting even radiation. This is my perspective based on the research I've done on it as well, and it's in there, some of it peer-reviewed as well. Uh, but counteracting a lot of stuff that you want to get out of your body. And uh, the Folium products are available at a 10% discount with the code RSB10. And uh, Bobri is very supportive of a lot of good groups and a lot of good people, including G. Edward Griffin, we have the Red Pill Expo coming up, and Edward G. Edward is on the Folium products. My mom has taken them. Um, we've interviewed doctors as well. It's, it's a profound benefit. And th this is the way I say it for a lot of people here in this audience, because many of you have tried so many things and have succeeded in various things that we've, we've brought to your attention. I brought to your attention. And I would say this, if you have plateaued, if you have hit a point where like, I'm doing well, but I think I could get, break, I'm not breaking through. And I'm not saying wait for that moment, but many of you are there. And I would say, please reach out to go to foliumpx.com and order it. Give it a try because it is like the next level, Chernobyl level, I like to call it, of an antioxidant. A botanical blend, it's a food. So it's not a synthetic. And even though some would argue it's a chelating agent, uh, on Amazon, they don't allow you to say natural chelators. And you don't need to. The fact is it can bind and excrete things. So it's it's a wonderful product. Folium PX, use the code RSB10. Maybe we can get uh, Bobbery back on this week. And also Frank Cousineau from uh, the, uh, uh, which is the cancer group? Uh, here, we got it coming up. It's Cancer um, Control Society? Yes, yeah. Uh, they've got their upcoming event, Labor Day weekend. If you go to the upcoming events at robertscottbell.com, you can see what is up and coming, and maybe you can attend one or all of these events. Uh, and that includes the next event is the RSB Family Union. I can't believe we're almost there. Just amazing how fast this is coming up, uh, July 14th through 16th, uh, near Joplin, Missouri. Uh, we also have the Red Pill Expo in August 12th and 13th in Des Moines, Iowa. We have the Cancer Control Society Labor Day weekend in uh, September 6th through, t t 2nd through 6th, 48th annual cancer, annual cancer convention. Amazing. That's coming up. And yeah, let's see what else we got there. Superdome Biomed Expo. Did you send that uh, email out? Not yet. Superdon's going to send an email out about the Biomed Expo to get you advanced tickets and everything to see what's going on. It's getting better by the a day. A lot of speakers there. September in uh, Las Vegas, 14th through 17th. For those of you that are into aliens and contact stuff, 
there is a simultaneous thing going on in the same place. So you can rub elbows with people. Wow. That are in that yeah. and what, who's going to be there talking about aliens? I don't know. We'd have to, we'll have Will to George Nori be there. Maybe. I don't think so. I think he does no? a different one. Yeah. Okay. There's another one contact in the desert that he does. I don't know gotcha. that he'll do this one, but, right. and then we got a health symposium in Utah. Um, that's, uh, coming up the 6th and 7th of October. There's also an event, which we don't have super We got to ask Jamie Dorley to get us that information so we can put it up. Cause it's the same weekend in Pittsburgh, the 6th and 7th. I could probably pull it off their website. I'll go look. Okay. Uh, then we have the big one, the health freedom expo, October 14th through 15th, Tinley park convention center. And we just talked about this the other day, last week. Uh, the, the the 12th and 13th is the Trinity Live event for those of you who are Trinity graduates or students or you're already healthcare providers, you want to continuing education, uh, you can join us all four days and it is a phenomenal event that's happening. Uh, so you can go to trinityschool.org or trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. Then we have uh, the big, um, there, there's some updates on this. Have you seen some of the updates on the um, I have Wellness no. Parenting Revolution Summit? Mm-mm. Some really cool things. I thought I forwarded to you over the weekend, but I'm not sure. Yeah, you uh, might have. But check it out if you can. November 3rd, 4th, and 5th, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, that's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to that, going back there. And there'll be more added into the mix up and coming. I just got invited to uh, um, uh, Healing Strong. They have, I think, like a, I don't know if it's a 10th anniversary or or further. I can't remember what number. But that'll be in Houston, I think, in uh, toward the end of September uh, coming up. So there's we'll add some more into the mix of upcoming events. So you'll want to sign up for the newsletter at robertscottbell.com. Be plugged in, stay in, informed on everything that's up and coming. And, and uh, well, I thank you for for doing that as well. We do have our patron supporters. We'd love you to include you among them. You get sneak previews on a lot of things as well as have access to things no one else has. We do Zoom AMAs once a month. Uh, the next one is going to be Saturday, July the 1st. That's this coming Saturday for those of you listening, watching live in our June uh, episode here. Uh, and it's going to count as our June one because I couldn't fit a Saturday in for June. So that's sort of our June one. We'll do another one later in July. We'll work on that. But the Zoom AMAs are a blast. Uh, we have a great community. You know who you are helping each other out. And we get to give away. We get to give back to you guys thanks to sponsors. A lot of stuff. Probably often more than you Donate to us, if you will, in that way. And I'm happy that we can do that. So that's coming up this Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, July the 1st. So please sign up and become a patron supporter as well. Help us out here in that way. We do have a question of the day, I believe, to wrap up uh, the the hour, and then we'll go into the bonus round. This is from Lula. Robert, what infrared sauna might you recommend? I would love a wood one, but they are off the charts expensive. Any recommendations are most appreciated. I see a soft one sitting behind you in your videos, so you must believe we can detox in a soft shell one. Thank you, Lulu. Yeah, not only do I believe it, I know it, and I've been utilizing this technology for years. What you see behind me is is one I don't think is available anymore since Synergy is no longer. We have the Echo Water. I don't think they're doing the, uh, the saunas. Uh, the other sauna I have, and I, maybe I should bring it down to show everybody, uh, it's the Relax Sauna by buddy Phil Wilson has. I'm going to have to call Phil and say if we can get a discount code for everybody on that because I use I use both over the years. And if I can't get that one, then I have the, the Relax one. And yeah, it works. I utilize that. So, uh, Super Don, not that you can remember to remind me because it's hard. You have enough things to try and remember. <laughs> uh, I can't. doesn't mean I can't. Yeah. I need to what reach is out. it you want me to remind you of? I just need to reach out to Phil to set up a code 
a discount of some kind for the relax saunas. The relax sauna. Okay. Yeah, because if we don't have access to the the ones we used to have, then I want them not to get that. And okay. uh, we'll get Lula. We'll get you hooked up. Right. But uh, fantastic technology. You do not need a wood one. Um, to me, they're overrated. They are way expensive. And they're fancy, just, I guess. Yeah. And I personally, personally, I don't like to put my head in those things. I like my head coming out of that. I like it to be cooler than the rest of my body. I've had bad experiences with heating up my head. I'm just saying. That's me. You maybe feel differently than, than me. That's okay. Plus, but you I'm, can pretend that you're Captain Pike from uh, Star Trek. <laughs> you remember that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You need to put yeah. like two two lights on the on the top of it there. Yes and no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I I just want that. Do you, have, have you watched the uh, the new Star Trek series, uh, Strange New Worlds? Yeah, my wife and I do. do it started back up the new season. Yeah. 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 And, and they're like independent episodes. So we are, we are kind of Trekkies, if you will, or Trekkers, yeah, I am what we're called. Um, I, I the only it. one I couldn't get into is Deep Space Nine for whatever oh, reason. Yeah. Yeah. Now, remember when we were talking with Dr. Jack before the show started, he had a phone call come in and the theme on his phone when it rang was a Star Trek theme. So I think you're he's right. He's a total yeah. nerd like us. Yep. He can't escape it. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, we're, what we do is a bonus round at the end of each show. Uh, that means when you are signing off on Brideon.tv or, or UK Health Radio, we continue on. And it ends up in the podcast as well. Uh, so please feel free to join us at robertscottbell.com slash listen. There's a live chat room as well. We'd love to see you here. I want to say a shout out again to the crew and the team at Brideon.tv for simulcasting our second hour on Mondays. We are two hours a day, five days a week, and an additional hour on Sundays. Or Sunday conversations, Carl Kanthak talk, amazing stuff. But we got to go for now. Back with the bonus round after this because the power to heal is yours. <laughs> 